0: Oops. Thank you, Dave and Sarah, all oh, for that beautiful song and preparing our hearts to hear from God's Word and to think that Mary held God in her hands. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for so great a gift, so great a love that you bestowed upon us through your Son, the Lord Jesus. Father, may we understand once again, Lord, how precious he is, and the change that he can make in our lives. Father, speak through thy word once again, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll take your Bibles with me, let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we had our scripture reading there. And uh, of course, it is the account of the wise men. The wise men. Now, uh, we believe that there are three, we know uh, from the story that it doesn't say there were three wise men, but we assume that there were three wise men because of the three gifts that are mentioned. But again, let's uh, read this together, picking it up at verse 7. Matthew 2, verse 7. Then Herod secretly called the Magi ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went on their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasures. And They presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, They departed for their own country by another way. It's interesting when you look at verse 11, you realize Jesus is not in the manger anymore. Uh, Did you ever notice that? That it says, and they came into the house and saw Mary. So this is months later after Jesus was born. Uh, Jesus may have been maybe one, one and a half years old at this time, but they found the house. The star took them to the house where he was in Bethlehem. But as we see this account, uh, and I was reading this, something jumped out of me. There is a fourth wise man in the story, a fourth wise man. Do you see him? Do you see a fourth wise man? Any there? Any, anyone? Just take a look. If someone knows who it might be, just shout out name. Anybody want to shout out a name? Go ahead. Don't be shy. Nobody? Well, we find more about him in verse 13. Look at, look at verse 13 with me. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and he took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that what was spoken of by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Out of Egypt did I call my son. The fourth wise wise man I see here is Joseph. And, of course, Joseph was with the other wise men there as they presented the gifts. But I want us to see Joseph in in just this short account uh, how God used him and what made him the fourth wise man. Why was he considered a wise man? Well... We see there first in verse 13 that after the, the wise man left, behold, an angel of the Lord, what? Appeared to Joseph in a dream. Appeared to him in a dream. Now we know that Joseph had experienced a dream before. Uh, when Mary was with child and she told him he was shocked what am I going to do now? And in a dream, the angel came and told Joseph who that child was and where he came from. That this was the Messiah, the Son of God. His name shall be called Jesus. So he had experienced this before. A word from the Lord to him. To encourage his heart and tell him, telling him, don't be afraid. So now, I want you to put on your uh, imaginary hat, okay? And think of what it was like being Joseph right now. Here is Joseph. He has found a home in Bethlehem. Okay, they, they left the manger. They found a home to live in. And now they are, you know, you can only imagine Joseph's thinking... Well, this will be a nice place to raise a family. You know, so he's settling in. Mary's settling in. They've got everything. Uh, you know, they're in their comfort zone. And then all of a sudden, Joseph is sleeping, and suddenly God's coming to him again. And he speaks to him. He speaks to him again, and he says, Joseph, Joseph. Time to get up and get out of here. Pack your bags, pack your family up. You're leaving. I want, God wants you to leave town. For Herod, the king, is out to destroy that unborn child. And so now is the time to leave and you must go to Egypt. And then I will come and tell you uh, when uh, when things have settled down, I will come back to you and tell you what the Lord would have you do. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced in your life a time where you thought that your life had calmed down and you you finally had things kind of settle. You've, maybe you've had some bad news or some family member pass away and suddenly your life begins to change. And suddenly something happens to you where you lose your job you lose someone in the family or some tragedy of sickness whatever it may be and suddenly your whole world suddenly has to change that's what was happening with joseph and joseph is suddenly told you know by the way you're not just gonna go to somewhere else in israel but i'm sending you to another country sending you to egypt now, Egypt was about 70 miles. The border of Egypt was about 70 miles from Bethlehem. But imagine Joseph's thought. Now, Joseph is thinking, I'm sure, okay. Well, that, that's what God said to go that way. But he could have been thinking in his mind, well, what about the north? I could, I could head up to Galilee area, and, and I'm sure it's safe there. He could have come up with all kinds of other ideas and a different decision. But we don't see that in Joseph. What do we see? We see after he was told, arise and take the child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. Verse 14. Look with me in verse 14 again. And he stopped and he pondered the dream and questioned whether or not it was true. And so Joseph decided to stay. Is that what you have in your Bible? No, of course not. What do you have in your Bible? He arose. He arose, took the child and his mother by night And departed for Egypt. This is where we see the wisdom of Joseph. Why is he considered a wise man in this story? Because he heard the word of God through a dream. And he listened. And he obeyed. He obeyed. And it doesn't say anything about Thinking things over, I better ask some other members of the family or ask. Go, I, I need to go talk to Mary. Mary, what do you think? Notice the, the angel came to Joseph and not Mary. Mary didn't get this dream. Joseph did. God was zeroing in on him. Being the head of the home, being the head of this family, he was going to make the decisions. And then, of course, uh, she would follow And here Joseph said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I will go. And so he rose and departed. You see, with Joseph, he had faith which caused him to then act before the dream ever came. Sometimes we we can overlook this. That Joseph must have been walking closely with the Lord before the dream ever happened. As he's raising his family there, he doesn't know what the future holds, but he believes that God is holding that future and holding him and his family. And God has a plan and purpose for his life. And so God is going to take care of him. And so therefore, because he acted swiftly, And departed immediately. That tells us that Joseph was already walking by faith. We don't see his name in the faith chapter. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. If you would. Let's go over to Hebrews 11. And as we see again what the Hebrew... Writer wrote concerning faith. Look at the B, v- verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And that word hoped for doesn't mean, oh, I hope so. I hope it'll happen. It means uh, uh, having a certainty of something. Having the assurance of things hoped for. For faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, it's believing that God has my future. And though I cannot see it, and though I can only see the calamity that is around me, the things that are falling apart maybe in my life, and suddenly suddenly God has uprooted me, and sometimes he will do that, how many of you remember the time when you, you had to go to another, another place completely, take your family because of a job uh, situation or because of a loved ones who were sick and you had to go live near them. And so you packed up everything and you went and suddenly your world's different. Just like Joseph. What we see here is that Joseph had this kind of faith. Though he could not see what God had planned, he believed that God was going to work out everything according to His will in Joseph's life. You know, it's very much uh, by uh, very much Joseph's very much like Abraham. Look at verse eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out, here it is, not knowing where he was going. Isn't that Joseph, our wise man? Joseph didn't know where he was going. He was headed to Egypt, but he didn't know what was waiting for him down there. But he knew that God had a blueprint for his life and so he trusted that blueprint he trusted that bl- blueprint now when we think of joseph and we think of his actions okay he acted upon the word of god how did the word of god come to him it came through a dream for back in these days in old testament times and uh, the new testament times God spoke either through prophets or through dreams and visions. That's how he got his word out to his people. But now, what do we have? We have the completed written word of God. You're holding it in your hands right here today. And therefore, this is our guide. I don't put my trust in... In any dreams I have, how many of you had a dream recently and you go, boy, I wonder what that meant? You know, sometimes you get a dream and you go, okay, it's got to have a meaning. My dear friends, be careful. Don't put your faith and trust in dreams because for the most part, God does not work that way in these modern days. Now, I believe that God can and probably has worked through dreams to reach people on far in foreign lands uh, who ha- have uh, the gospel has not been able to get to them. I've heard stories of those who have, um, uh, the stories I've heard, especially of Muslims, Muslim Christians who uh, they, they give their testimony and they say, I had a dream, and... Either someone came to me and told me about Jesus in my dream. They, they heard the gospel in their dream. And, and so by that, they were led to be saved. Now, I don't think that, we don't know how much that happens. But here's what I think about those, that kind of dream or any kind of dreams today. That I believe any kind of dream that God would send somebody that he wants to send a message, the truth of that dream is already in here. That they would be, re- that what they would be revealed, what would be revealed to them is the truth of God's word that is already written, which means the gospel. There's no new revelation. So be careful of someone who says, I've got a new revelation. I got a word from the Lord. And you'll hear that over and over again. The God spoke to me. Don't listen to that. It's got to line up with God's word. So if God doesn't speak to us through dreams today, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I become a wise man a wise woman a wise young person when it comes to making decisions in my life and knowing which way I should go there are two ways that that God works in guiding his children the first one is through the word of God I must seek God's word and say, what does he say in here? And that's where I have to go first before I make any other decision. And I have to make sure that whatever I'm praying about and decision I'm I'm looking for, that it lines up with God's word and it's not contrary to it. That I am, whatever decision I make, it will be in obedience to the written word of God. There are two aspects to the will of God. And think of this, okay? It's an easy way to remember it. What are those two ways in your life uh, concerning the will of God to understand it? First of all, there is the revealed will of God. The revealed will of God. You have it right here. It's God's word revealed in the scriptures. So I know that this can be depended upon because it is God's living word. And that has been revealed to me. And so what I must do is I, I must learn what the revealed will of God is in my life and get it into my heart and mind so that I know what I'm not supposed to do and what good things I am, how I am supposed to live. But secondly the second part of God's will is the concealed will of God. The concealed will of God. And that is the part of the mystery of your life. What who I'm going to marry, what job am I going to have, what school am I going to go to, what does God have planned for me? You don't know that yet. And many of you as your older saints, you you look back and you realize Look at that, God led me all the way i didn't have any blueprint god didn't drop down his uh, you know say here 's my will for your life no he didn't doesn't do that, but he will guide his children all the way home as we w- go through the proper uh, the proper means of understanding God's will and then waiting for him to reveal the concealed part of his will in my life once I am in the scriptures okay so if I am about to make a decision suddenly my life is turned upside down like Joseph and suddenly what am I going to do how am I going to Take care of my family. First is, of course, go to the Scriptures. That's where our guidance is. The infallible, inerrant word of God. David said, your word is a lamp unto my what? Feet and a light unto my, my path. He is, his word will direct my path. He will show me through his word. So first of all. I go to the word. Spend time in prayer. Asking God. God what is your will? What would you have me to do? He's not going to send you a dream. But how he works in the church today. Is he takes his word. And he will reveal things to you. Through his Holy Spirit. That lives within you. Because. The, the, the next part of understanding and knowing God's will and having discernment is being given it by the Holy Spirit who dwells within me. So that when I read the word of God, the Holy Spirit will open my eyes to understand it. Open my eyes to understand it. Turn to John chapter 14 with me, if you will. Let's go to John, Gospel of John. 14 26. and jesus is in the upper room with his disciples he's about to go to the cross and he's trying to encourage them because he's telling them i have to leave soon but he says this john 14 verse 26 but the helper or comforter the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He will teach you all things and bring to your, uh, your mind the remembrance of things. Here, now go over to chapter 16. If you just slide over to 16, verse 13. And here it is, we understand that we, you and I, are only guided by the Holy Spirit. Of course, circumstances God uses to help direct us as well. But verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will, what? Guide you into all truth. And that includes the will of God for your life. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose it to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct you. And then as I am sensitive to the Holy Spirit in my life, And decision-making time has come. It is then that I pray, I read God's Word, and I ask God to lead me. And then His Holy Spirit, as I understand the revealed will of God and obeying it, it is then that the Holy Spirit does the next work. And that is to either give me peace in my heart about the situation I'm going to, and the decision I'm going to make, or he's going to withhold the peace. The last part of knowing God's will is the peace of God, is the peace of God, which he will give you. If you are finally come to a decision and it lines up with scripture, you've prayed about it. You've sought God's will. The next step is, do I have a, a peace in my heart that okay yes this is the way walk ye in it and if i have that peace that will be the final determining factor to move ahead by faith but if you and i have suddenly we have after all that studying god's word praying seeking his face seeking good counsel and we're about to make a decision and i'm just restless Something I feel, this is something's not right about this, and I can't sleep right and night. I can't put my hand on the pillow and go, thank you, Lord, for showing me the way here. But I still am not sure. Take that as from God saying, stop. Don't move yet. And then go back, continue to pray, and ask God, well, then, then seek other, other options that he may give you. And then when that peace comes, that is when we move forward. This is what Joseph did. He didn't know what he was going to do, where he was, and no doubt he was afraid. You know, it doesn't say that he was afraid, but I want you to turn back with me to Matthew chapter 2. If you go back to Matthew 2 again. So... We know that he went down to Egypt. And by the way, verse 15, the end of verse 15 says, this was done so that um, the, uh, the word spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt did I call my son. We, we don't have time to look into the, the, the Old Testament uh, passages of this, but this is a passage out of Hosea. Hosea was saying when he was prophesying, he was actually speaking historically, Hosea, when he was writing this. He was talking about Israel coming out of Egypt, you know, with Moses. And that God in Exodus called Israel his son. Okay, so that's why Hosea would write, out of Egypt did I call my son. But m- people didn't realize, the Jews didn't realize that this was actually a prophecy about the Messiah. and But it's revealed here by Matthew that this, God planned that his son, the Messiah, would come out of Egypt. This was all part of the plan. But we see that you know what happened here, verse 16, Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, He became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its environs from two years old and under, according to the time which he ascertained from the Magi. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. Here's another prophecy saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because there were, they were no more. Now, Rachel, the tomb of Rachel is right near Bethlehem. And Rachel was considered the mother of Israel. And so that's why the name Rachel is used here. She represents Israel, the crying mothers of Bethlehem, as their children were slaughtered by Herod the king. Now, we don't understand God's ways. God is sovereign, is he not? Not? He could have stopped everything. He could have made Herod drop dead before this ever happened, but he didn't. This is the permissive will of God that God does allow things into our life and the evil, He allows evil to continue so that one day He will bring justice and judgment. But for now, God is allowing the curse of sin and the consequences of sin to continue on. And it starts in the heart of a wicked man. And so this was a, this was part of the prophecy. And then we come to verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord huh, appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying... So here's another dream. Joseph. It's time to speak to Joseph again. Remember, he's got the Old Testament, but he doesn't have the New Testament. And he doesn't, and and so here he's waiting for God to to send him uh, the word. Verse 20, arise, take the child and his mother, go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. Wise man, verse 21, and he arose and took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And when he had heard, that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed from the regions of Galilee. And he came and resided in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. We see once again, That Joseph proved to be a wise man. Because why? He listened and he obeyed the word of God. And My friends, you and I, this is what God calls us to do, calls me to do. If I am seeking to live in the center of God's will, I first have to obey his word above everything else in my life. I have to live my life according to what God says in this word. And when I do that, he will, he promised to lead me and guide me and his spirit will show me the path that I should take. Joseph, once again, believed the word of God. There are uh, things that we are afraid of. And there may be something right now in your life As you look to the future, you came with fear. You came with uncertainty. You you don't know what, what, what decision to make in your life right now. The Lord will show you. He wants to take away your fear. But you know what? You've got to listen to his voice when he says, fear not. Fear not. Question. Anybody here afraid of snakes? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay, you're afraid of snakes. Okay, I, I'm, I love the honesty. So the hands are going up. Man, the whole back pew's up. Hand. Look at that. That's why they're sitting at the back, in case snakes snake shows up front. <coughs> Excuse me. Terry, my friend, would you come up here? Yes, surprise. I'm going to call Brother Terry up. He did raise his hand and says he's afraid of snakes. So we're gonna try and get rid of your fear of snakes this morning. Good to see you. Okay, brother. Okay. All right. I have something here that uh, I'm gonna give you. All right. Now it's a little. It's a little package. Just a little package. Okay. Now would you hold this package in your hands, and would you read? To everybody, what that says on the, what is that on the package mm-hmm. uh, up here first? One dozen rattlesnake eggs. Caution: Store in an ice box to prevent hatching. Okay. Well, that's not an ice box. Okay. So, what I want you to do is trust me. You can open this. You, even though you're afraid of snakes, you can take my word that this, this will be okay. So let me remove the clip and turn it over. There we go. Now, would you slowly, it's got to be slowly, open up the packet and look inside. Slowly now. Oh! What was it? Were there eggs in there? You should have jumped more. I trusted you. Well, why didn't you jump more? Because I trusted you. You told me to trust you. You... You did it. You ju- Give him a hand. Didn't he do great? <laughs> Proud of you, buddy. Thank you for helping me out. What did he just do? Terry put his faith in me, what I was telling him about those so-called rattlesnake eggs, which there were none, of course. But when you open it, it sure sounds like they hatched in there. But he trusted my Dear Christian, trust God's word in your life. Trust his plan for your life. Do not be afraid, but go in faith like Joseph did. Be a wise person, a wise Christian, and walk in the word. Claim God's word. Obey it, and let the Holy Spirit guide and direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Let me leave you with this. I've been so blessed by this over the years. How many of you have heard of George Mueller? George Mueller was a famous evangelist and... uh, And one who started an orphanage, he was a man of faith. He proved it by just trusting God to provide for his every need. And by the way, when you think of Joseph and Mary going to Egypt, you know, he could have said, how am I going to pay for everything? How am I going to, when I get to Egypt, I have no job. God already made the plans. He provided, didn't he? How did he provide for them in Egypt? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Those were God planned that those would be the provisions to provide for the family in Egypt. God had already taken care of it. So George Mueller always believed that God was going to take care of his needs in the future. But when it came to God's will, this is what he said. When he was asked about God's will and how he... He sought to know the will of God. This is what he said. First, I seek at the beginning to get my heart in such a state that it has not will of its own in regard to any given matter. Nine-tenths of the difficulties are overcome when our hearts are ready to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be. When one is truly in this state, it is usually by a little way, I'm sorry, it is usually but a little way to the knowledge of what his will is. Secondly, having done this, I do not leave the result to feeling or simple impressions. If so, I make myself liable to great delusions. Third, I seek the will of the Spirit of God through or in connection with the Word of God. The Spirit and the Word of God must be combined. If I look to the Spirit alone without the Word, I lay myself open for great delusions. Number four, he says, the next step. The next step I take, I take into account providential circumstances that I'm in. These uh, plainly indicate God's will in connection with his word and his spirit. Number five, I ask God in prayer to reveal his will to me. Number six, thus through prayer to God, the study of the word and reflection, I come to a deliberate judgment according to the best of my ability and knowledge. And if my mind is thus at peace, and continues that peace continues after two or more petitions i proceed accordingly in trivial matters and in transaction in transactions involving the most important issues i have found this method always effective when at his deathbed he gave this testimony he said I never remember in all my Christian course, a period of over 69 years and four months, that I ever sincerely and patiently sought to know the will of God by the teaching of the Holy Spirit through the instrumentality of the Word of God. But I have always been directed rightly. But with honesty of heart and uprightness before God were lacking, or if I did not patiently wait upon god for instruction then that's when i made my greatest mistakes the lord will direct your path let's pray together as we bow this morning before the lord dear christian perhaps you're at a crossroads right now and here you are not sure What you're going to do, where you're going to go, would you be like Joseph? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust his word. Live in his word. Obey it. And ask the Lord to guide you by his Holy Spirit and make his concealed will known to you. And wait for his peace. Peace. Would you do that now? It means to just trust him now by faith with your life and your future. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, I am, Lord, unsure of what I am to do. But Father, I will cling to your word. I will apply it in my life and heart, obey it. And Father, I seek your will, not my will. Guide me by thy Holy Spirit and show me the path. Make that decision this morning, Christian. If you've never asked Christ into your heart, trust in him by faith, I invite you to open your heart and receive him now. It's As a child comes by faith, just come simply understanding that Jesus died for you on the cross and rose from the dead. He died in your place for your sins. If you've never accepted Christ and asked him to save you, you need to do it now. Would you pray a simple prayer like this with me now? If you truly believe in your heart that you're a sinner and Jesus died for you and took your sins upon himself and that you want to be forgiven of your sins and allow Jesus to save you, pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm so sorry for my sin. I believe you died for me. You took the punishment for my sin on that cross. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I receive you tonight, today, as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead. Lord Jesus. And with that still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ, you are now a child of God. You've been born again spiritually. Welcome to the family. Heavenly Father, thank you for decisions made. Father, may we leave here rejoicing in our salvation, rejoicing in the fact that you are sovereign God in complete control. Help us to trust you with our lives and to trust your will and to walk in it. And we'll give you the praise and glories. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.